When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheese Get on your feet. It's Curd and Long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM. The fan flying solo today, so uh, no live streaming on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Ryan Horvath wrapping up his uh, week at the Super Bowl, broadcasting live for the uh, BetMGM Tonight Show on the BetQL Radio Network. You, of course, hear the BetQL Radio Network on Saturdays and Sundays on 1250 AM, the fan. So I'm hoping uh, he'll be back next week, if not next week, maybe the week after that. Uh, but they got him going or running all over the place uh, doing stuff for BetQL. So hopefully in the future we'll get him back on uh, and co-hosting this podcast again. Uh, but for the time being, I'm flying solo today, like I said. Uh, and again, thanks to everybody for uh, helping a brother out and co-hosting with me uh, earlier this week, Jacob Westendorf, Paul Brettel. Uh, appreciate both of those guys uh, for filling in for Ryan. Uh, so a, a lot of things that I'm seeing on social media, and I want to do our first uh, mock draft uh, day uh, as well. Last year we did... I think it was Mock Draft Wednesdays, Ryan Horvath and I did. And since I'm flying solo today, I want to do a mock draft with y'all uh, as, as we get uh, a little bit later in this podcast. And I am, uh, for one, addicted to doing these mock drafts. I, I don't know about you, but me, myself, and I, I think I do. <laughs> I'm going to sound nuts. I think I probably do like three to five mock drafts maybe a day or something like that. I, I go to the Pro Football Network site because it's free. I'm not paying all that money for Pro Football Focus. Um, so I go to the Pro Football Network uh, site, and uh, I do these these mock drafts. And then I screenshot some of them, and I save them. Uh, and sometimes I do trades. Lately, I've been doing them without trades just to kind of get a, a general feel for uh, what's there or not there. And again, and with these Pro Football Network mock drafts, you know, there's all kinds of trades happening uh, that the the computer does or the site does while the draft is going on. Very, very addictive. I, I always end up doing, most of these I end up doing either A, uh, right before bed, uh, so I'm lying in bed doing these mock drafts while everybody else is sleeping uh, in the house, uh, or B, I'm doing them you know, while I'm eating lunch or breakfast or dinner or whatever the case may be. I got my phone out and I'm doing these mock drafts. So that's usually how it works for me. So we'll do a mock draft uh, coming up in a little bit. So the MVP voting came out, uh, and Lamar Jackson won, right? And they had the NFL Honors Program. I'm here to tell you I didn't watch a single uh, solitary moment of that program. I was watching uh, the Bucks game and then did our Green and Growing Bucks podcast um, last night uh, as well. So if you didn't see, hear the Green and Growing uh, podcast uh, with the two Bucks trades that they made and so forth, go download that Download that on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast at, just like you do for Curt and Long. And uh, so Lamar Jackson wins MVP. No real surprise there, right? Um, but then the the voting results uh, come out, and you can kind of see who got votes, who didn't get votes. And it's one through four, essentially, right? So first through fourth place votes is how each one of these uh, Associated Press writers uh, could vote. So Lamar Jackson wasn't unanimous, 49 first place votes, no second place vote, um, or is it one through five? Yeah, one through five, sorry. Uh, and then he had one third place vote, no fourth, no fifth place votes, fine. 
Only one other person had a first place vote. That was Josh Allen, who finished, let's see here, fifth in voting overall. So it was Lamar Jackson first. Uh, then it was Dak Prescott, Christian McCaffrey uh, for MVP, Brock Purdy, then Josh Allen, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford had a couple of fourth place votes. CJ Stroud had four fifth place votes uh, at the end of the day. So I see that uh, the Ike Packers podcast uh, tweeted this out and said, Jordan Love didn't receive a single MVP vote. He threw the second most touchdowns in the NFL, led several comeback victories with the youngest offense by a mile. What a joke. Okay, so uh, let's see if I can kind of help out uh, some people with how this all works. So you have uh, these writers that, for the most part, are probably beat writers or columnists or whatever, and they live in the city they live in. So based on the city they live in is probably based on what they normally see a lot of outside of the national games. Now, you would assume that if they're beat writers, uh, they're at the game, right? So they don't get the... Uh, the, the ability to have, uh, you know, the ticket, uh, right? The NFL Sunday ticket. Uh, now, the nice thing is they could. They could have it up on YouTube right there on their laptop and, and watching it there. But again, they're there to cover the team uh, that they're assigned to. So they don't have time to be watching every game in the NFL every week. So what happens? You are kind of stuck with watching the highlight shows, watching NFL Network, Right. Uh, and seeing the recap uh, at night on NFL Network with Rich Eisen, uh, and or watching Sunday Night Football's broadcast uh, during the Sunday Night Football game, the lead up, uh, and then maybe the halftime or whatever, uh, and you're watching that, or you're catching highlights on your phone on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you are on social media, Facebook, you have that, and then you're also able to read, you know, stories on different games from different writers around the country in your time. But these people do not have time to watch. I'm telling you right now, they are not watching every single game of every single week, first through fourth quarter, breaking it down and seeing who's better than who and all of this stuff. They're, they're just not doing that. And a lot of it is through perception. This is what we do know. We do know that C.J. C. Stroud was a hot name from the word go all year long, partly because of draft position, not going one, going to the Texans, partly because he was just that damn good. He also was doing it with a no-name receiving core uh, with the Houston Texans. Also didn't have necessarily a great running back situation by any stretch of the imagination. And they were able to make it go. Now that Texans team, I would imagine, was projected to win probably four games, five games, if that, uh, last year. And he turns them into a playoff caliber uh, football team. Uh, because of him and how good he was in his rookie year. So he got a lot of love. So you knew he would get something. And he did get four fifth-place votes. Matthew Stafford, again, dinged up, so forth. I don't think I would have voted a single vote for Matthew Stafford myself. Um, but that's just me. Patrick Mahomes is always going to get votes. This year he didn't have necessarily a Patrick Mahomes-type year. Uh, and as I've said before, and I'll say again, a lot of these quarterbacks that lose their offensive coordinators that they've had for a while, when they leave, there always tends to be like a half step back for whatever the case may be because of play calling usually, uh, game planning, getting into the rhythm of you and the play caller, 
Um, so there, there's always that type of stuff. And with Mahomes, I don't know if you heard the report, but apparently Eric Bieniemy was physically in the meetings leading up to that game, um, to the AFC Championship game. He was physically in the meetings with the Chiefs helping them out. So that tells you how much they really missed Eric Bieniemy, just how bad Nagy is in general as a coordinator, coach, whatever. Um, so he obviously missed him uh, somewhat. Uh, and that wide receiving core wasn't that good, right? Rasheen Rice, rookie wide receiver, he played well. Outside of that, the rest of those guys never really worked out. Kadarius Toney, the, the Giants moved on from. The Chiefs took a gamble on him. He hasn't panned out to where he was drafted uh, based on potential. MVS is MVS. Probably could argue he had better better years in Green Bay than he's had with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Uh, Kelsey obviously is really good, but he was kind of providing a sideshow to that whole organization by the whole Taylor Swift stuff. Uh, and there were a couple of weeks there where he wasn't even uh, doing all that well for him. So you had that going on with Patrick Mahomes. So obviously he gets dinged there. Not surprising. Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, should have got way more than 14 damn uh, 14 uh, total. Uh, let's see, he had f- 14 fifth place votes, nine fourth place votes, six third place votes, two second place votes, not a single first place vote. Tyreek Hill was the offense for the Miami Dolphins. We can talk about Jalen Waddle and two and all that. No, Tyreek Hill should have been a top three MVP person in my mind. Top three by far. He, to me, you know, you can have Lamar Jackson one, you can have McCaffrey two, and then it should be Tyreek Hill over Dak Prescott. My personal opinion. And then you have Josh Allen, again, didn't have the uh, a typical high, you know, great year necessarily for Josh Allen, especially in the first half. Uh, Brock Purdy, we all know the debates about Brock Purdy uh, going into the Super Bowl about whether or not people think he's a game manager or is he legitimately this good. Uh, McCaffrey's a stud. Prescott is Dak Prescott, does what he does. Um, and McCarthy and him, you know, put together a good statistical year that ended poorly. But again, this is what it is. It's a regular season award, remember. Uh, and then Lamar Jackson, again, same thing, regular season award. Uh, and he was outstanding during the regular season. Now, should Jordan Love have been in the mix of all of that? I think Jordan Love deserved at least a couple of fifth place votes uh, at the end of the day. The problem is he had a stretch where he was horrible, a, a good side stretch where he and the Packers were horrible, where literally they would come on the field and you'd be like, please just get a first down in first half of games, especially they were horrible. It was one, two, three punt, one, two, three punt, one, two, three punt, turnover, whatever. They were bad for a stretch. Now, large chunk, the second half of the season, obviously, he played really, really well. And you could argue he might have been the best quarterback in football in the last you know, seven or eight weeks of the season. He might have been the best quarterback. But how far does that get you? And because it's a regular season award, and because it came down to the very end of the season, people had already made up their mind that they weren't voting for Jordan Love because it didn't look like his team was going to be a playoff team, didn't even know if his team was going to be a 500 team. So they had already cast Jordan Love aside. But he definitely deserved... Some fifth-place votes, if nothing else. Even if it wasn't going to be a first-place vote or a second-place vote or a third-place vote, fine. I told you the top three. But once you get through the top three, um, in my top three, right, uh, and then it's, you know there's Purdy there in the top five. Josh Allen could be there. Mahomes got a couple of votes. Stafford got two fourth-place votes, which I don't get. Stroud got four fifth-place votes. 
if Stroud got four fifth place votes, I think you could argue that Jordan Love should have been somewhere in that same realm. But, but this also means, in case you're not paying attention, and I don't know exactly every voter, but I would assume somebody's representing Green Bay. That means the person that also also voting there also did not vote for the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in their voting sequence that they had. Whoever is covering this area did not vote for Jordan Love. So that's something else to consider. And again, I'm not seeing the list of who voted for this thing one way or the other, but normally uh, for all these other awards, there's a writer from whatever team it is. So, so say it's a Brewers writer or there's a Bucks writer or Packers writer normally gets to vote um, for these different type of awards. Somebody may get MVP. Somebody may get Offensive Player of the Year to vote for, whatever. Somebody may get Comeback Player of the Year. But it's it's separated up and divided. Usually it's not one person voting for all of them. But either way, whoever had the vote for this clearly did not put Jordan Love in the top five. So his own guy uh, or girl, whoever got the vote, uh, didn't vote for him either. So that also uh, probably not great. I never thought personally that while watching Jordan Love this year, oh yeah, he's an MVP type player. I I I never even considered him for the MVP. But when you see the votes and how it all played out, then I mean, I get it. I get why people would be upset that he didn't get votes. I, I'm I'm more flabbergasted by the fact that Lafleur didn't get more votes than he got for Coach of the Year. To me, the job that that dude did, and again, that's not take away from Stefanski in Cleveland and the job he did, because he, I mean, what he was able to do with Joe Flacco? Come on, man. I mean, that was amazing. The job that they were able to pull off in Cleveland. So, not saying Stefanski. You know, didn't deserve it or whatever the case may be. Uh, and D'Amico Ryan's with the Texans, you could argue he should have won it based on what he had and expectations were of that franchise and so forth. Uh, but everything LaFleur went through this season, man, definitely thought he would add more votes for that award um, at the end of the day than he actually uh, did. I'll take a quick timeout, come back on the other side. Uh, and by the way, I should tell you here, Coach of the Year uh, voting results, I do have those here as well. Uh, 165 votes. D'Amico Ryan's 165. Tiebreaker went to more first, first place votes. Stefanski had one more first place vote uh, than D'Amico Ryan's. And then you go down the list. Matt LaFleur had two third place votes. That's all he got uh, at the end of the day. You got Todd Bowles uh, had one vote. Mike McDaniel, one vote. Sean McDermott, one vote. Shane Steichen had four third place votes. That seems crazy to me because that man took the Colts, made them a playoff caliber team with Minshew as the starting quarterback, a guy that came in was supposed to be the backup quarterback like he's been a majority of his career and then made them a playoff caliber team. I think you could argue he should have had more than four third-place votes at the end of the day. Uh, but either way, so uh, that, that those are the results. A third place, by the way, was Dan Campbell with 33. Kyle Shanahan and John Harbaugh each had 26 votes, 26 points. And then Sean McVay had 21. And then the drop-off to Tomlin with five, Steichen four, LaFleur two, and then Bowles, McDaniel, and McDermott uh, with one. All right, take a quick time. I'll come back. I, I want to quickly talk about uh, Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame class that's going in, and next year's class just a little bit, and then we'll get to the mock draft. That's up next. Kurt and Long, download it on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast app. Hey. 
Hey, it's C Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM The Fan. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Check out 1250amthefan.com for all the latest interviews I do throughout the course of the week. Jim Polzine, the Wisconsin State Journal this week, talking Badgers basketball. I had him, Tim Dillard, former Milwaukee Brewers pitcher, now with Valley Sports Wisconsin, doing Brewers baseball. Had him on, uh, as well as Eric Name, interviewed him on Friday uh, morning and uh, talked to Eric Name about the trades that went down in the NBA trade deadline. Of course, Eric covers the Milwaukee Bucks for The Athletic. All of those at 1250amthefan.com or on your Odyssey app. All right, let's talk about this this Hall of Fame class because the one thing that um, is interesting is I, I it's a lot of, oh, these former Packers, you know, are going into the Hall of Fame. And Steve Mongo McMichael is one of them, and you know what he's battling and, and so forth, uh, illness-wise. Um, and that obviously is a great story and so forth. I mean, he literally was in Green Bay for a minute. Um, but yet I, I hear all these people, oh, another former Packer. Eh. I mean, that man is a Chicago Bear no matter what anybody says. It does not matter to me how you want to categorize him. That man is a Bear. I wouldn't even bother saying he's a former Packer. Uh, Julius Peppers. Again, when you think Julius Peppers, I think Carolina Panthers. Uh, yeah, he played for the Bears. Yeah, he played for the Packers. Uh, but that man's a Carolina Panther uh, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, you can say, uh, you know, former Green Bay Packer. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Hall of Fame game looks like uh, because you have the very first ever Houston Texan uh, going into the Hall of Fame and Andre Johnson. And I don't want to get into if he belongs in over Sterling Sharp or not or whatever. I, I don't want to get into that because it's unfair to Andre Johnson to put him up against Sterling Sharp because Sterling Sharp is being held out because uh, of how long he played. That is the main reason that man is being held out, even though Terrell Davis got in when that was an argument against him. Either way, that's not fair to Andre Johnson. Now, if you want to say, okay, well, Andre Johnson wasn't dominant enough. Andre Johnson never looked like a Hall of Fame wide receiver. If you want to have that argument um, and your thoughts on him are that, I'm cool with that. Uh, to compare him to Sterling Sharp, I just, it's just not fair. It's, it's just not the same body of work necessarily. Sterling Sharp was a more dominant receiver, yes. But he's being held out not because he's not as good as Andre Johnson. He's being held out because he didn't play long enough in a lot of these people's minds. And the other thing that's working against him is uh, he wasn't exactly the most nice person in the whole wide world to a bunch of the media that covered him back then, all of whom, or most of whom, are still alive and have votes. So that also probably uh, works against Sterling Sharp uh, as well. So next year's uh, draft class uh, is is going to be interesting. First-time eligibles for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2025 include Eli Manning. Now, you could say, well, there's no way he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. The man won two Super Bowls and beat, apparently, uh, as a lot of you like to say, the greatest quarterback and head coach in NFL history. Beat him. So, I don't know if he's first ballot or not, but if he gets in first ballot, would not surprise me in the least. Uh, Luke Keekley, uh linebacker, again, to me, that dude's a Hall of Famer, whether it's first ballot or otherwise. Adam Vinatieri is definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't see how he's not. Uh, Terrell Suggs, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he goes in. Uh, Marshall Yanda, don't know. We'll see. Marshawn Lynch, good for a long period of time. Great for a little. I think Lynch will eventually get in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if it's first ballot. Earl Thomas, I think eventually. I'm not sure it's right away. Uh, Joe Staley, a good offensive lineman. Again, in eventually. 
Uh, Demarius Thomas, don't see it. I don't don't see it. Uh, Akib Talib, yeah, I think eventually maybe he gets in. Uh, Vernon Davis, no, don't see it. Uh, Darren Sproles, very good. The special teams get him in maybe. Um, he's not Devin Hester, never was Devin Hester. Uh, so I'm not sure on Sproles ever making it. And Cameron Wake, I don't, I, I wouldn't say Cameron uh, Wake necessarily makes it or either. The, the fun one here is going to be Eli Manning because there's going to be a lot of debate about whether or not he should be first ballot because people are going to say, well, yeah, but he won a couple Super Bowls, but look at all the other years where he didn't have winning records. Like that should be held against him. Yeah, man, but it's all about the Super Bowl rings. At the end of the day, it's about the championships. That's what this whole thing is about, and it always is going to be about. How many Super Bowls you have? And it wasn't like he beat some surprise team out of the AFC that that got on a run in the playoffs and knocked him out, and they were a sub-500 winning team or something. Got lucky. He knocked out the team. He, he knocked out a team that was undefeated, sent their bags packing, and sent them home. I mean, that is... You can say whatever you want about crazy catches and all this other stuff, uh, but to me, I think there you can make a case that Eli Manning is first ballot. Maybe not. Maybe he'll be second or third ballot. Don't know. Uh, but he he very well might be. I, I think guarantees for, in my opinion, Vinatieri and Suggs, I think those two are first ballot. Um, and then after that, I mean, I can listen to any of these guys possibly being first ballot. Demarius Thomas, no, I, I'm not going to listen to that. Cameron Wake, no, I'm not going to listen to that being first ballot. Vernon Davis, no, I'm not listening to that being first ballot. So, I mean, there are some guys that I'm not going to listen to about first ballot. Uh, but I think there's a chance that, you know, Vinatieri and one or two of these other guys might uh, be first ballot type Hall of Famers uh, when we start talking about the strap class uh, a year from now. All right, let's take a quick timeout, come back, other side. Let's do. Uh, one of these mock drafts, and we'll try and start to do this every week, uh, providing uh, stuff doesn't come up along the way to interfere, you know, breaking news and whatever the case may be. So we'll do a mock draft. Coming up next, we'll use the Pro Football Network uh, mock draft simulator. Uh, stay with us. Next, here on Curtin Long, download on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast at. And for video, not this one, but for other uh, podcasts, normally we are live streaming this bad boy on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 for 1250 AM, The Fan. Follow me on Twitter, at Sparky Radio. And we're going to start doing our mock drafts now uh, once a week here on Curd and Long. Uh, Ryan Horvath, obviously, not here today. Uh, so we are going to go just you and me doing this mock draft together. As I said earlier uh, in this podcast, I have become addicted uh, to doing these podcasts. And I've done three and four round mock drafts is usually what I do. I don't start diving into five, six, and seven uh, because you you really have to be over the top into this to know what the heck you're doing once you get that that later uh, in, involved here. So let's start this up again using ProFootballNetwork.com. I'm not going to do any trades. All right, so we're going to go trade free uh, in this one, and we'll just kind of see how this whole thing uh, pops out again. Uh, Caleb Williams won, but I see this is the craziness. Joe all two to Washington. Drake May three to New England. Marvin Harrison four. Um, and, and then you start going down. Jaden Daniels goes all the way to nine uh, to the Raiders. And by the way, I I don't I, I don't know how that is all going to fall at the top of this draft because it's all going to depend on free agency. Because if Kirk Cousins signs in Atlanta, that's going to take them out of drafting a quarterback. If in Washington they decide that Sam Howell is that guy and he's their quarterback, 
then they're not going to take a quarterback. They may trade back unless somebody else come up uh, and take one of these quarterbacks like Drake May or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see who does what in free agency and through trade prior to the draft to see really what the top teams look like and how many of them actually still need quarterbacks by the time you get to that point. So I'm just going to reject all of these trade offers. See, now again here. Here's a trade offer, and there's no way this is going to happen. But th- this is Packers pick at 25, and this offer is Tampa at, 20, at 26. You move back one spot, and Tampa gives you a second. If in reality that were ever to occur, Brian Gunnikun says, yes, thank you very much. Have a nice day. But again, I, I don't think that's realistic, but either way. Okay, so we move on. So some of the people that are here, McCarthy and Nick's at quarterback. There's no way they're taking a quarterback uh, in the first round. Fuaga, the offensive tackle from Oregon State, uh, is there. Uh, Murphy, the second, the defensive tackle out of Texas. Mims, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. Kitchens, the safety out of Miami, uh, are all some of the guys that are still sitting there. Uh, last year is still there, the cornerback from Georgia. Jackson Powers Johnson, the center from Oregon, who I like. So those are some of the options. I'm just going to take uh, Chalk here. I'm going to go offensive tackle and take Fuaga uh, with that pick. I don't know if they'll go offensive tackle in the first round, but in that situation, I would just because I don't really want to take a safety in the first. All right, so now we get to pick number 41 for the Packers. Uh, we'll reject these trade offers. And now we look at what's best available there. Now, Murphy, the second, the defensive tackle from Texas, uh, is still there in the second round. Leonard Taylor from Miami is still there. Suamatea. I think that's how you say The offensive tackle from BYU uh, is still there as well. Uh, Leggett, the South Carolina wide receiver. McConkie, the wide receiver from Georgia. Worthy, the wide receiver from Texas. Uh, Tavondre Sweat, the defensive tackle from Texas, uh, is still there too. And I'm going to do something that uh, may not be so popular, uh, but having Chad Ryder on and having talked to Chad Ryder, who is a senior NFL draft analyst for NFL.com, uh, and you know, has lived in the state on and off for quite some time and uh, knows people, obviously. He really thinks that there's a chance they could take Devondre Sweat uh, in the first round, uh, the defensive tackle from Texas, who's damn near 400 pounds and gigantic. Now, that was previous to the Boston College head coach becoming the defensive coordinator in Green Bay, so maybe that changes things. But I'm still going to go Devondre Sweat, the defensive tackle out of Texas, right there uh, at that pick at 41. Now... The Packers' next pick uh, will be coming up at 58 uh, as we go through this mock draft here again at Pro Football Network. So, so far, you got an offensive tackle and a defensive tackle, right? So you build from the inside out. Got to stop the run, so sweat start uh, helps with that. Uh, and then you're eventually going to need uh, a tackle. So whether that be Zach Tom goes to left tackle and the tackle you draft goes to the right side uh, or the tackle that you draft ends up being the guy that replaces uh, Rashid Walker and David Bakhtiari on the left side, whatever. But they have to draft at least one or two tackles, in my opinion, in this draft, regardless of where they draft them. All right, so we reject some more trades here. And now you're at pick 58. Uh, and now here we go again. Uh, Chris Jenkins, the defensive tackle uh, from Michigan. Cedric Gray, the linebacker from North Carolina. Bo Braid, the safety from Maryland. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., the linebacker from Clemson at 68, uh, is still there as well. Uh, got a couple of cornerbacks, Kalen uh, Carson from Wake Forest, DJ James from Auburn. Uh, so those are some of the guys there. Plus, also still there on the board is uh, Bucky Irving, uh, the running back from Oregon. Now, I'm going to tell you, me personally, I love Bucky Irving. Like, that is my guy that I want this Packers team 
to take in this draft is him. That's who I want uh, at running back. This would be considered, I think, possibly a reach, uh, but I'm going to do it anyhow because I love Bucky Irving, the running back out of Oregon. So I'm taking Bucky Irving there uh, at 58. Now you wait uh, because now you don't have another pick uh, until 88. Now, the one thing I'm sure you are probably doing right now is being like, Sparky, you're an idiot. They need corners. They need a safety. They need linebackers. And you haven't drafted any one of those three positions to this point. And you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. But if we're doing, in my opinion, best available of who Goody may want at that spot, who he likes the best, uh, this may be a, a way of how it may end up playing out. You may not get a corner or a safety there in the first couple of rounds. And may, now you get to round three, and you look to see what else is still left there. Now, here at this point in round three, uh, Jalen Polk, the wide receiver out of Washington. Uh, you have Jeremiah Trotter Jr. still there, the linebacker from Clemson. Jalen McMillan, the wide receiver from Washington. Uh, you've got running back Shipley from Clemson, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin, Johnny Wilson, the wide receiver from Florida State, James Williams, the safety from uh, Miami, all still there. I personally like Jeremiah Trotter Jr., uh, the linebacker from Clemson. They're going to need linebacker help. Uh, so I'm going to go with Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Uh, with that pick there at 88. Now the Packers come right back again a couple picks later, uh, and they now pick at 91. Uh, their last pick here in the third round. Now, once you get to this spot, now, again, I don't think it's anything different than what you were doing before. I think you still start talking about, you know, who do you like the best uh, in this uh, of what's left there? I like Josh Newton, uh, the cornerback out of TCU of what's still there. James Williams, the safety out of Florida, you could say, uh, is worthy of your time. I'm not really concerned about taking wide receivers in this draft. Uh, I'm not really concerned about taking um, several running backs if I really like one, which I do. Um, could I see them going, you know, with a speed type back in that first uh, running back selection and then coming back with more of a bruiser um, with some speed element to him and Braylon Allen later? Uh, yeah, I could see them possibly doing that. I guess that would make sense. I don't think I would. Um, they desperately need quarters. I'm going to go with Josh Newton out of TCU um, at 95. Or 91, I should say. 91, Josh Newton, quarterback out of TCU. Uh, and that'll do it for three rounds. Just did a three-round Mac here. So you get Fuaga, the offensive tackle out of Oregon State. Tavondre Sweat, the defensive tackle out of Texas. Bucky Irving, the running back out of Oregon. Jeremiah Trotter Jr., the linebacker out of Clemson. And Josh Newton, the cornerback out of TCU. And I know, we didn't get a safety. I understand. But that's how the draft board kind of fell. And again, I didn't make any trades, right? So... After you took Fuaga, you know, at 25, you could have tried to move back up to take one of these other corner uh, the safeties. You could take, you know, the cor- the safety uh, out, out of Minnesota, the kid out of Kitchens, out of Miami, whatever. You could move up if you wanted to. You have multiple twos and multiple threes. But for this exercise here, for this mock draft, I didn't want to make any trades. So it kind of fell the way it did. And to be honest with you, I'm pretty happy with what I got out of this. You know, you, you got a starting offensive tackle, a starting defensive tackle that's going to help you stop the run. Um, a speed back that uh, you know breaks tackles at a fairly fo- a fairly good rate. Uh, and Bucky Irving out of Oregon, you get Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Um, that gives you some depth at linebacker, and then Josh Newton, a cornerback out of TCU, that again gives you uh, some depth to go with Valentine and Jair Alexander. I have no faith that Eric Stokes will be right, but if he is, 
then that secondary is really good to go if Stokes can get back to being healthy. So for three rounds and five players, you feel really good about that. I'll say something else. If I am Brian Gutenkunst in this draft, and you're at, say, I don't know, 41, 58, whatever, uh, and somebody comes knocking and says, hey, man, you know, I, I want to move up from 50 to 41 or whatever the case may be. And if you're looking at your draft board and going, yeah, sounds good. I, I don't want picks in this draft. I, I don't want additional picks. Like I'll flop with you, but I want to pick for next year. Right, so you want to flop? Then I'll take your third. I'll take uh, your third round pick next year, or I'll take your fourth round pick next year, or I'll take your second round pick next year. Whatever it is, I want to start accumulating extra picks for next year. I'm not worried about taking your fourth and sixth this year. Don't care. I'll take your third next year instead, and we'll call it a day and keep your picks for the rest of the year because the Packers have so many picks already at the top of this draft. I don't need more picks, but I will take more picks at the top of next year's draft where I don't have an accumulation and stockpile of picks. That's what I'm trying to do here if I'm Brian Gutenkunz. It would be nice if you can get into a rhythm of kind of every year going in with a couple of twos and a couple of fours or a couple of twos and a couple of threes um, to kind of really continue to supply this roster and make it better and better uh, as you go forward. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Curd and Law. We'll be back on Monday to do it all over again. Not sure if Horvat will be with me or not, but either way, we will have another edition of Curd and Law. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that some on Monday as well. Have a good one. Toodles!